Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. NFL preseason prep rolls on. Uh, I got to tell you, man, these have been more fun to record than I had even hoped. I forgot how much I enjoyed doing NFL podcasts. Um, these have felt effortless. Uh, they have been like a good kind of refresher on, uh, you know, what I think matters, what I kind of, you know, kind of been able to sort of synthesize from, you know, last year's experience doing this and last year betting the NFL. Would you agree? These, this has been a good experience for you so far? No, these are always fun. These are always great. They always... You jog when you're doing your research or just talking back and forth with you or talking with the chat. They always do uh, kind of jog your memory, and it, it really does. This is how I get ready. Like, this is one of the most important things getting ready for me is just doing the research for these. And, yeah, I mean, some of our hot takes last week on uh, the Falcons, Panthers, if you checked, if you didn't check those out, make sure to pop back and look for those. I think uh, I'll have a playlist with all of them on the YouTube channel if you want to watch them all at once or kind of create something where you can engorge yourself in previews at some point. <laughs> if you're, uh, if you're engorge just... Engorge yourself. I'm engorge, not sure that's just, the right use of the word. No, yeah. it, is, it absolutely is not. But either way, <laughs> they'll, be a, they'll, they'll all eventually be in one playlist on the YouTube channel. So, yeah, week three rolls on. Previews. Um AFC speaking South, of man. speaking of fun, how about the Texans? Let's talk some Texans, <laughs> yes, buddy. <laughs> this is, we are we try to take the Jay Leno approach, and we don't like to get too opinionated on legal issues. We've avoided. Um, we were well, we've come out as anti-corona. We I remember yes, that absolutely. we were anti-corona. We're very anti-crime in general. Oh, don't do the crimes. My God. But like, you know, when, when a, you, that's not what you want from like, go watch first take, I guess if you want a hot take on legal issues, because like the AB stuff, it, it is, let it sort itself out. If he was a shithead, he was a shithead. He should go to jail. Same thing goes with all these, but yeah, there's a very big specter looming over the season here. And even without that, this wasn't going to be a fun year. Last yeah. year was not a fun year. Uh, in our preview last year for the Texans, the biggest thing that stuck out was, or management of the roster and some of the decisions in terms of selling future assets for current players who may not be good and getting rid of, you know, and, and really the worst trade at, in the, in the moment, the worst trade uh, that we have seen in the NFL sending Hopkins for David Johnson and giving up assets to make that trade to take on a running back with a bad contract. Like that was, yeah, and this is this is accepting the fact that Hopkins may be a little overrated, but it doesn't change the fact that that was still the worst trade we've seen in the last decade. Um, the Tunsil and, thing yeah. was not that much better. Like just yeah, constant. Um, I think the word I was looking for was incompetence from the top incompetence. Up. Thank you. Complete yes, thank incompetence. You. Like the 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 Tunsil move, the the trade well, for David John. The, 
But Tetzel's a fine player, but they gave up is, a freaking farm for him. That's yeah. the thing. What they gave, he said that. He's like, I would have traded that for me. Like, I'd take <laughs> that for me. Like, he's, it was way too much. Like, yeah, the, you have to look at value. Like, uh, you could say, you know, the best player in the league. Like, you could trade for Patrick Mahomes, but if you had to go away your first round pick for the next 60 years, it's just not something you can do. You know, there's, there's a, a value to everything. And yeah, the Tunsil thing, they gave away too much. The David Johnson trade was horrible. Really, you know, a big part of what we hit in the previews, too, was, boy, they have a rough start to the schedule. Yeah, it was nasty. It was a nasty start. Um, You know, two weeks ago there, we talked about Washington's schedule. We had we had a nasty, like, entirety of the schedule. And this was uh, kind of a maybe setting ourselves a point where if they're 0-4, are we betting on the Texans? And we kind of – I think we batted the idea around. It didn't happen. Like, that wasn't ever something that we were going to be excited about. That team was a mess. Bill O'Brien ended up done. Do you they remember what GM week well. they fired him? I think it was week five. I think it was after the 0-4 start. 0-4, okay, okay. All right. He was um, first coach fired. Who was the temp coach? That is escaping me right now. Cornell? Uh, actually, see... Yes, it was. I think it was Man, Cornell. Great pull. What a pull. What a pull. I remember I, him. Kind I, of... I like Romeo Cornell. Yeah. And he, he was. Nice were, uh, but there were a couple of times during the end of the season where I thought he put some guys in harm's way to help himself, which I was a little disappointed by. But um, yeah, the season went off the rails with an 0 4 start. Uh, two of those losses were very expected against the Chiefs and the Ravens. Now, they weren't competitive in either, either of those games, which was a red flag. Um, but then to come into week three, I believe they were uh, nearish a pick em. I, you know, It was at least a semi-coin flippy type of expectation against the Steelers and lose by seven. Uh, that was when you kind of was like, okay, th- things are going sideways on top of the fact that there was a ton of pressure on Bill O'Brien having kind of made such a very publicly obvious poor trade in the Hopkins trade. Um, and he was losing the locker room. He was losing the team. Like there was a lot, you know, there was some unrest starting to stir up uh, with your kind of most important player in Deshaun Watson. And, you know, everything started going sideways at that point. Loss of the Vikings 0-4, nail in the coffin, season over uh, for the Texans. And at that point, it was like, let's evaluate some of our talent. Let's figure out what we want to do here. But they did kind of pull themselves back into a 4-7 and seven record with a little 3-1 and one stretch coming out of the bye week. And it's funny because, you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the uh, NFC East, it's like if you were in the NFC East and you were four and seven, you were live. <laughs> you know, you, you could have still won that division, uh, but the Texans were extremely not live. Uh, and then they finish on a five game sked, finish four and 12, which at least gave them a great draft pick. That, that's Oops. Fair. That's Oops. fair. Oops. Yeah, their Oops. first draft pick, the first player they drafted this year was taken 67th overall. Oopsie daisy. Yeah, you traded away multiple years worth of good draft picks for players on a, a t- and it's one thing, oh, I don't know, like pick a team who's really in a catbird seed right now. Like if Tampa Bay didn't have a first or second round pick going into this year, be like, you know what? Fuck it. They won a Super Bowl. Sure. They still bring back a ton of talent. They're going to be a favorite to win their division. They're probably going to be a favorite to win their conference. Yep. The fact that they are where they are, I don't care. The trade-off is worth it. They they've reached the pinnacle, but to have done these things and gotten yourself into such a predicament with 
your cap situation, your draft chest situation, your talent on your roster. I mean, not even throwing the Deshaun Watson issues into the mix here. Everything outside of that that has, you know, been caused by the leadership group here has been like, oh man, like this isn't getting better anytime sooner. If you can't add anything in the draft, and yes, I know you can you can add players other ways, but boy, when you've leveraged the future and this was the results you got, that's uh that's a rough look. And that's why a GM has to go, that's why a coach has to go, that's why you do a rebuild. But again, they are we're doing these first. This is uh, you know, the first one on Monday because they are the lowest odds to win the division. They're and that's uh, you know, obviously we're going to get to the Jaguars who have a college head coach. We're not sure about a rookie. We've never seen play a talent devoid roster and actually not the easiest schedule. And we are putting Houston first because they're probably worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the implied win totals I think are fairly similar. Like these teams aren't going to be hugely different, but Houston gets to go first because they're a bigger dumpster fire. And yes, 2020 was a mess. And I guess where do you, where do you go from here? Well, the cloud, I, let, let's, I mean, let, let's talk about the cloud hanging over the season. I assume you're talking about Jack Easterby. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the fish rots from the head, the snake rots from the head, something rots okay. from the head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, no, let's, let's, uh, let's flip over to the 2021 odds and just kind of gaze at the ridiculousness that, uh, that we have in, in store here. Uh, it's a big number. What price would you need to bet, bet the Texans to win the Super Bowl? Right now, they're 150 to one. That I feel like I would rather play 151, 150 to one. Like there are some things that you can bet on in sports at 150 to one that actually kind of have a chance. You know, like a, I'm thinking like a Joe Burrow Heisman kind of a play, or a um, you know, a, a, you know what what, what are some other 150 to one sort of there's a bunch of golfers every week that i would bet at 150 to one before i'd consider this like even even remotely right yeah chase Chase seifert was 150 to one i had him on my card the other week (laughs) and he he was uh i think he was second place after three rounds or something like that i am not not averse to betting 150 to one i will make those sort of bets uh for a tennis tournament absolutely you know i can get hot and win a couple um what at what price would you consider betting the Texans to win the Super Bowl? Like, is there a price? Thousand to one, I guess. I don't know. Is that even really bettable? Uh, it's worth ten bucks, right? Just in case. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, two thousand to one. I don't. Ten yeah, bucks is like a, ten bucks can get you a pretty decent sandwich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'd man. rather I'd rather have the sandwich. There is. <laughs> Uh, true or false, there's value on the no make the playoffs at minus 1,200. Should that be minus 10,000? It's the AFC. It's the AFC, yeah. Like, what, ha- like, what is not, the not, Like, what has to go right for them to make the playoffs? Like, I guess... Watson I guess, has to be cleared of everything. Cleared of everything. He has, he has to, to play, play, has to play all 17 games. games, yeah. And he has to have his best season as a pro. Right, and then yeah. they can maybe win the AFC South if a couple things break their way, uh, in yeah, terms of possibly. other teams not doing well. Tannehill injury, sure. Um, Lamar regression. Wentz is who we thought he was. Wentz is be bad. Yeah, we might need a couple AFC teams to be. 
Well, no, this is just to make the playoffs. No, so all I, they need to do is win uh, the I AFC suppose South. win the division, win the division, yeah. All they need to do is win the South. I'm trying to uh, hurt like every other team. So yeah, so like so so Wentz happens Wentz to Tannehill gets hurt. Tannehill gets hurt, and uh, Urban Meyer is not ready for the NFL. And at that point, if Watson plays 17, um, he's still capable of a clear top four performance in the NFL, assuming he still has the locker room, which is a huge unknown. Um, but yeah, I think I, honestly minus 1200 on the no, it seems to like in the back of my head, that's fair. Yeah, it's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, win total four and a half. Uh, also in the back of my head, that's fair. That's probably a good number. We'll get to I the think, schedule right now. And I'll I think, but yeah. And, and honestly, like, you can't and here's why i can give you a very decent read why not to bet the under and i can give you a decent read why not to bet the over <laughs> right no. you don't bet the over because watson could miss the season you don't bet the under because watson could not miss the season <laughs> right like yeah. there's, there, the, there's the, a, the the people that have like postulated what will happen to him are just guessing like some people have said maybe four games, maybe half the season. No one knows. No one knows. And yeah, if he's if he's out for the whole season, this is a this is a pop quiz hot shot. Who's the backup right now? Uh boy, is it Nathan Peterman? <laughs> no, I'm it's, just kidding. It I don't is, even know. Uh oh, you don't have it? You don't have it up? I don't have it right in front of me. I'm gonna pull oh, it up. It I think I think I do know. I think it's um it's a. Uh, the kid, the kid from the um, the uh, uh, Florida with the big ass. <laughs> Is it Davis Mills? They drafted no, no. Davis Mills. I think it's uh, uh, Driscoll. Jeff Jeff Driscoll. Oh, Jeff he Driscoll. A, you're right. The, formerly of the Lions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's Driscoll. Um. So yeah, the Jeff Driscoll show would be uh, uh, unfortunate if you have a Texans over in your pocket at four and a half. Um, I think, what about Tarod Taylor? Is he down there? I don't know. Either way, yeah. It doesn't matter. Whoever would be stepping in, if Deshaun Watson were to miss the whole season because his legal situation blew up and, you know, it turned out he was very guilty and maybe even went to jail, that would be, it would definitely be under four and a half. But if it all magically went away, like sometimes things happen to happen in uh, the world of pro athletes getting in trouble. I would be very poor. I'd be very, you know, sad about sitting on a poor position there. So I don't think this is a team I want to get too involved with until I know more. I know we try to hold some of these off for later in the season or later in the preview season, but this division, the rest of it had a lot of good talking points. And really, what is the true difference between Watson? Like, I mean, look at, they're not favored in a game. I yeah, actually, I, I could, like, it, like I, yeah. three, three game difference. Well, I'm uh, just could, saying it doesn't, no, it doesn't change them like going to the playoffs or not. It doesn't make them a, 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 you know, a true threat to do anything in the postseason or not. Like w- without Watson, you know, it might be like the worst team in the league with Watson. They might win like six, seven games. Yeah, no, I I'm, I'm there. And I, I guess, you brought up Terod Taylor. I missed that transaction somehow. He is on this roster. Yes, now. he is. He he probably is QB two. Um, he's good enough to be QB two for sure. Uh, I guess I would think um, mostly, mostly expecting 
half of us when I'm building out projections for this Houston team, I'm projecting Watson coming back week nine against Miami. If you were projecting out the season, and by if I mean you are because you have to be because we're getting ready for NFL season, what are you using for your numbers? Are you making an assumption about Watson? Yeah, I think I'm assuming that he is going to be unavailable for at least the first eight weeks. Um, and part of the reason I'm there is I'm looking at the look ahead lines, which I feel like are basically implying that. Uh, I don't think that the guys who have the look headlines have any inside information or anything like that. But I also think if Watson was expected to be out on the field week one, the Houston Texans would not be three point dogs at home to Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Similarly, 13 and a half to the, the, the Browns, 14 to the Bills. Like these are big, 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 big numbers, which implies to Rod Taylor's coming out of that tunnel. Um, so I guess if I, you know, and in looking at the schedule, you get down to the end, you know, later in the season, you get a little bit more friendly numbers, uh, a one against the Jets, a couple of four, four and a half against the, the Jags and the Chargers. You know, those, those reflect higher likelihood that Watson will be available. But I think even outside Watson, this is still a team that lacks talent at every other position on the field. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and I mean, even last year, too, they they had a bit of a cluster injury at receiver, and they, they've had injuries at the receiver position before, but outside of just the poor leadership, poor coaching, poor game plan, losing skill position players, not being able to backfill, like they did have some injury concerns. It was a it was a trying year. Plus, just and you know, you can say we're going to pose Bill O'Brien being gone as a positive, as everyone should. But with every positive, there is a little glimmer of negative, and the negative is in the short term with you know coach transitions. Coach transitions are difficult. It doesn't matter where you're at in a skill like where your team's at. The team is usually a bad team at that point if they've gotten rid of a coach and unless it was just a retirement, but being a bad team like that, the transition doesn't matter as much. It's like the difference between, you know, four wins and then six wins, I guess. So I give them a little credit there fighting through injuries and having to get used to a new guy. But at the same time this year, are we, you know, what positives can we possibly take away? Dave Cully? <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, the you brought it up. The schedule is tough. They're the only. This is the only team that is one, two, three, four, five, five times a double-digit underdog before the season even starts. Like that is a humongous, humongous, humongous mountain to climb out of. Even if you know, setting aside uh, whether or not you have your uh, QB one available right now, the Texans you will be unsurprised. Uh, to learn are the 32nd ranked power ranked team 32 yeah. out of 32 their power number by the market is minus seven uh they have the worst offense projected in the nfl and the worst defense um now when you look at the roster is that reasonable i would say yes yes uh they, they you know the talent the talent problem on this roster is really tough to wrap your head around uh and you know that this is this is the consequence of letting Bill O'Brien run your franchise where he was making decisions in a way that was trying to kind of save his job for as long as humanly possible uh, and mortgage the future for wins now. And I look at, uh, you know, I look at specifically the defensive side of the ball. 
man, where's the, where is the talent? Where is it? Like there, there aren't even, uh, you know, guys that I think are worth the contracts they have and there's no one good. Like it, it is, this is a really, 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 really tough roster to grade from a per player, you know, like, a, a um, if you're going to construct a defensive rating based on player strength, who of these guys on this defensive side of the ball are better than replacement level? It's tough. Yeah, the, the entirety of this team is is devoid of talent in general. Um, I don't know if, like, I'm not making a big thing out of J.J. Watt leaving. Like, I at this point in his career, obviously he's, he's better than who will replace him, but it's not huge. But, yeah, the, the people... Shaq Lawson, um, Merciless. Maybe a couple of years ago. Roll, roll, yeah. I mean, I think, Mer- I, I think they're they're at league average. Bradley, okay. Bradley Roby, Bradley Roby. Is he the the punch? Um, he got he got he got some injury. He got in a little trouble, but uh, he's still good. Like he's a good player. He didn't ask me if he if he thought he'd be able to stay out of trouble or stay on the field. He's a good True. player. Um, yeah, I'm I'm running out of names here. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, I don't grade anyone on this defensive side of the ball is better than replacement level. Uh, Merciless in a couple years ago, I would have said so. Lawson a couple years ago, I would have said so. Um, Collins isn't terrible. Collins is Co- Collins is not that was that was not a bad Malik Collins is not a bad uh, addition, but he's not a bad addition if you have a championship competing defense that just needs one run stopping tackle. Like this team is going to get run on and they are going to get passed on. And you can pick your poison however you want to poison them, and you can poison them. Like this is not a defense that is going to be getting off the field often. And I think you can start and end, you know, any kind of expectation of winning football there. Because Terod Taylor, if he is starting your first eight weeks, if he's starting all sixteen games for you this season, um, he is only really good enough to take a team of excellent players around him and get you to maybe 500 or better. He is not going to elevate the performance of this offense enough to where they are going to be competitive in football games. They are going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of lopsided games for these for this Texans team this year. The fact that even on your offensive side of your ball, you really have Laramie Tunsil, Marcus Cannon. Those are fine players. Justin Britt's fine player. But, Decent receivers, a good left tackle. Yeah, but you're paying it. them way too much. You're paying yeah. Cooks too much. You're paying Cobb too much. You're paying David Johnson, your running back, too I don't much know if money. I throw Cobb in the decent category. Anymore. No, I'm just saying you're paying him too yeah. much. I'm, I'm throwing him in the overpaid category. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. Um, And yeah, like you said, last touch on the schedule, 10 games. 10 games are a touchdown or worse dog. That's a shitload. That's bad. This is going to be a rough season. Realistically... If you could do everything right, this is like a three to four year turnaround. Like this is not a quick turnaround to fix this either. Yeah, no, there are other teams that tanked like the Miami Dolphins that bounced super hard. Like my power rating on the Miami Dolphins when they were the way, when they were losing to the getting shut up by the Patriots, getting shut up by the Ravens and the Cowboys early in that season was that through. Was that that was two years ago, not three, right? Two years ago. Two years. Um, I don't know. Corona really screwed up our our time. I think that like, was just two years ago. 
the, the year they lost like 59 to nothing yeah, right off the yeah. bat to the, to to the, the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. And then, and then they were like 24 point dogs. Yeah. Yeah. It was that, that my power number for that team was like all time, all time, all time, all time low. And yeah. I don't think the Texans are there yet based on the way the market rates them. But if Watson truly is gone, they could get there. Really, they absolutely could get there. And I, you know, and the turnaround for the Dolphins was was rapid because they had so many assets to really help themselves out of that mess. And the Texans just don't have the assets. Um, if Watson is cleared, last question on Watson before we move on to some of the other you know, other things about this team because we're covered, we're kind of covering it all in a big hodgepodge here. But yeah, um, if Watson is cleared to play or if he is given a declarative suspension for whatever, you know, if, if this, if it all goes away and he is given a suspension and it is a known when he will be available, would you expect the Texans to pull a trigger to trade him? Because he has been made it him, he has made it clear that he's not interested in coming back. Yeah, before we had any of this, hey, I'm going to allegedly sexually, you know, assault probably these masseuses. He was saying, I'm done with this team. Like people kind of forget about that whole narrative because a bigger narrative has definitely reared its ugly head. I would think so. Um, I saw a tweet linking him to the Eagles. I could say there's, you know, at his best, he's a top five quarterback. There's got to be plenty of teams that want one of those. So I would think there's several teams that would be linked to him. But no, you know, you just can't do that now. You can't be <clears throat> even working out a framework of that deal, I wouldn't think, because there's there's too much going on in the legal world. So I would think, yeah, there's a decent chance to build up your war chest again. You talk about that Miami team. Miami has had like 75 draft picks over the last two years. Miami has really done a good job with bringing in free agents. Miami is, you know, well run. This team has been so poorly run that their draft chest, their their war chest of draft picks has been very light. They're set up in a weird way where they drafted some, you know, they went for some talent, got rid of draft picks. They need to get in a position like Miami was last year, the year before, where you can draft a bunch of guys, where you have a bunch of cap space, where you can bring some people in. Like they need to get to that spot, and probably the biggest first step would be getting rid of some of the stars. Like mm-hmm. get rid of why you by the time Watson, you know, by the time you can turn this team around, if you don't get rid of Watson, it's kind of a two-part thing. If you don't get rid of Watson, you're not getting the draft picks that you could get for him. So that slows you down. And then if you do keep him, even beside the point, by the time you can turn this thing around, he's probably too expensive to be doing that sort of thing anyway so you're stuck in a bad position i think you're probably stuck getting rid of him and that's what i would be doing okay so um i'm going to set the market then at watson takes another snap under center for the texans in his career i'm going to put this line at minus 300 no plus 300 yes i think that's a little heavy I think they'd need to trade him. Uh, he might just say no, like I'm not playing. Although he is in a different kind of position now. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> his leverage is a little. His little leverage less, is uh, a little different. Ah, little that's, fair. Uh, you know, that, that's fair. That's fair. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what would happen. I don't know where his mind frame is at. You know, like his mindset being, if he were, you know, all these charges were, if he was acquitted, everything went away, and would he still be just hardline? I'm never playing for the Texans again. No idea. 
it does feel like there's a little bit of smoke between the t- the the Easterby and the lawyer yeah. that's going after him. So so you know so to the point where he may uh, he may be even more entrenched, and I will never take another snap for the Texans again. Uh, but and they and for all we know, they feel like we don't you know we're not going to be you know we're not going to put you on our on the field in a Texans uniform again. Um, but either way, trading him, they get how many cents on the dollar? 60 50, 60 yeah, yeah i'd be happy with that <laughs> okay who's the most likely trade destination in your opinion i mean the, again the eagles have been linked but they have the assets because they got miami's pick next year right boy does this feel like a patriots reclamation project oh man that's i mean that's the one that pops to my head without sitting and like going through everyone's quarterback situations but that feels like a thing yeah, isn't Cesario in charge now down in Houston too? Well, allegedly. Yeah. I mean, Easterby's kind of yeah, Cesario. Um, Minnesota doesn't doesn't uh, make the worst sense, I guess. After Kirk, they drafted a quarterback too, though. Um, yeah, it's tough. Hmm. Bears, okay. Bears would be funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the Bears. The, it'd, be, it'd be funny if the Bears gave up like three first round picks for him or something, just overpaid when they could have drafted him. Like, oh, well, they could have drafted him. That would have been the the content. would be good. Yeah, uh, I think the idea of Philly as a reclamation isn't crazy either. I mean, they embraced the, that city, embraced Mike Vick. Uh, I would imagine that they would uh, help rehabilitate Deshaun Watson's image as well. And you're right, Patriots have kind of done a decent job of picking guys up like this and. Uh, giving them a little CPR in the old uh, PR space. Um, okay, well, I I think we've fairly covered what matters most for this team. Um, the fact that Bill O'Brien is gone uh, does open up a huge question mark in terms of coaching. Um, David Culley was the passing game coordinator or the wide receivers coach or both for the Baltimore Ravens last year. This a was a higher. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. This hire came out of freaking nowhere. What in the world do you think they saw or heard in the interview that they were like, got to be Cully, got to go with David Cully? They're like, you know, will you accept our mess? Okay. This is like, this is a guy who's been divorced twice, has like three kids with three different people, owes alimony, child support. He's in jail at the time. He's writing pen pal <laughs> letters and some woman agrees to marry him. Like okay. that's, that's David Cully. You're like, all right, you know what? I'm a mess myself. And I don't know. I shouldn't even say that David Cully's probably a nice guy, but like somebody who's willing to come accept this mess, knowing that they're probably a Zach Taylor. They're like a placeholder. Like they may never be here long enough to see fruition. And truthfully, once you get, anything on your resume that says I've been a head coach in the NFL, like you're just set for life. You can go be a coordinator somewhere. You can go be a, an assistant head coach. You can be a, a, what are you consultant to a team? Like once you've been a head coach anywhere, like you're fine. You just, you can always get a job. So I don't blame David Cully for taking over this mess. Like it's a, it's a good deal all around. What's the worst case scenario? You go, Oh, and 17, you're the only coach ever to coach an Oh, and 17 team. That would be fun. 
<laughs> what do you think the realistic um i mean I, I think that is on the table honestly it i is, think that's yeah. entirely possible um it's a low risk deal to take this job though right yeah no the, the, and that's the other thing too like the expectations are so damn low this year the expectations just eventually they'll have to be there a couple years down the road you've got to know like man uh, if they raise the expectations on me in a couple of years, I'm in, I'm probably in trouble because they've left me with so you know little to work with. It's going to be tough for me to get them anywhere. But again, can't turn it down. You don't go turning down head coach jobs. No, unless you're uh, um, what's his name over in New England there? Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's say we see game one play out as expected, and Jacksonville goes into Houston and really does just dump on them. And it's like, oh, Houston's not a minus seven. They're like a minus 14, right, in terms of power number. Like how yeah. how fast will the market really – it doesn't even have to be a 59 nothing kind of a deal. Let's just say the Jags go in there and they're up by four touchdowns early in that one or something crazy like that. Um, how quickly does the market really bring these numbers down? Like could we see – Houston at Cleveland week two as 20 point dogs. Could we see Houston at Buffalo week four as 20 point dogs? Yeah, no, for sure. If they're, you know, 2019 Miami bad and they're going to lose games like that, um, you know, the defense stinks. Terod Taylor's not getting it. The receivers are overrated. You have a couple decent linemen and that's it. Like it's a team that could probably, you know, losing that bad to Jag Jacksonville seems unlikely, but if it did happen, the market reacts fast, but never fast enough, I don't think. Although once you get down to like week four. Yeah, it could be a big number for Buffalo. So I'm wondering if we just lay the 14 with Buffalo now <laughs> and, and yeah. laugh when it's 25 or 28 <laughs> or something. Um, anyway, not I'm not being serious. I'm just kind of looking at the, uh, trying to think through how the market is going to really evaluate these guys. Because like you said, like, the market thinks nothing of them now. They're the 32nd best team in terms of power rating, but the implied number of range minus seven, so much lower. It, it could definitely get lower. And seven might not be fair. Like, what were the Jets last year in terms of power rating when they were at their worst? Like a 12 and a half, 13. Would you have lined those Jets as favorites against these Texans? No, and, and that's where we're stuck. We're stuck right now, not knowing. Like, we're not, these numbers are like, nice median projections where they're not too hard one way, too hard the other way, just based stuff we don't know about Watson. So if, without Watson, that's a pick em. Okay. Okay. So we have, so basically what we're saying is there's room for the Texans number to go down and it could go down a lot. Precipitously. Right. Right. Like some of the other teams we've talked about were like, they're kind of around zero. Like, yeah, you could go up one or two. It could go down one or two. This is like we could, we could be talking about this team going down five or six in terms of how much lower they could go from their preseason power number, which is yeah. interesting. Um, okay, last last note to point out about the Texans really kind of revolves of like when can we expect a turnaround here? And I think I have some pretty strong expectations. Uh, I mean, you have some pretty strong opinions of the ownership uh leadership combination here and 
not really being bullish in any way, shape or form that they do figure it out anytime soon. Um, are we going to get to the point where we get to like a NFL uh, has to do the NBA Donald Sterling kind of thing and like forcefully <laughs> like move you know, move at, move, you know, force the, the ownership group to move on or force some people in power out. Cause I, I mean, what, what free agent is signing with this team next year? Yeah. You know, what, when are they ever, uh, you know, going to be uh, a competitive football team, especially if they trade Watson for 50, 60 cents on the dollar? And that's the thing about Easterby and really the leadership in general. It's not going to change, I don't think. And, somebody i don't remember who made the quote but it's just like you know the, the key to success for his success is just tricking one person who's powerful like you just you don't have to convince us like you don't we don't matter we don't sign the checks we don't we don't keep you in your position but yeah it's i don't see it improving greatly while he's still around so it could be it could be a long time and i really don't know what fixes that I don't think the league would step in. It's the, you know, the Donald Sterling thing was something else. He was like, you know, Marge shot levels of crazy racist and awful. Those, some of those transcripts from some of the things he said, like, I, you know, I, I don't think we can do it on the same grounds, but <laughs> okay. it would be, that would be interesting if a, the league were to step in and be like, Hey, you guys are just so shitty at this. Like sir, we'd like yeah. you to be good sometime. Sir, it's the, like the sir, the, yeah, sir, sir. The question was, is this your handwriting? Yes, <laughs> such a good, such a good clip. So, yeah, the leadership stinks. The fish rots from the head, and this team isn't getting better until they do something there. And it's yeah. it sucks because the timeline for Easterby to have a job is indefinite. Yeah, and somebody and likes you, him. Yeah, right. And you happened you know, one year ago today. You you had a quarterback who is a top five quarterback in this league, which is the hardest thing to come by. And he was young. And now yeah. it's all now it's all gone to hell. So let's move on to a team that may have gotten a top five quarterback in this league and is young also. Uh, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had the first overall pick this last season, used it on Trevor Lawrence, then did some questionable things with the rest of their draft, followed by um, some interesting front office coaching hiring decisions um you know i guess let's start with the 2020 season where did it go wrong was it really um as bad as the record of one in 15 and first overall what was yeah. your general take on did you bet any jaguars games last year by the way because i'm i'm struggling to remember if i bet more than um, I used Indy as a survivor league pick week one. <laughs> I do recall that. <laughs> God damn it. I forgot only that was their the only Jags win. Were, yeah. Um, they they were tied late with like Tennessee as well, which was again, it's like, are we doing this? Is this a fucking thing? But yeah, um, let me just do a quick search of my bets here from last year, see if I have a Jags pick. I really don't think I got involved. Thursday man. night football, did you take the Dolphins against the Jags? The Jags were favored in that game. How wild is that in hindsight? I'm not seeing a Jags. I'm not seeing a – oh, Vikes-Jags. Vikes-Jags over 50 and a half, week 13. Mm. And that, that looks like us? it was a winner. What was it? 27-24 in overtime. <laughs> Fifty and a half. <laughs> that's why you get the best. That's why you gotta get the best of the number, kids. 
that I would love to see what that one closed at because I feel like uh, some people didn't win their over in that one. I'm gonna look that up now while you reflect. You should look that up. That is in, that's interesting. That is why you get the it changes your whole season, man. It only makes like a hundred bets a year if you're if you get one to flip on a half point like that on an early number. You're feeling it's good huge. about life. Huge, it's huge. Huge. Um, yeah, I I don't think. It doesn't matter how bad a team is. Like winning one or zero or even two games is still outlier. Like they, they did it themselves. Like it wasn't full on tanking, but some of the quarterbacks they they started Jake Luton, Lutton, whatever for several. Like that's not a team that's actually considering trying to win games. Um, who's the guy with the damn long neck that Will knows? Uh, Glennon. Glennon started. Like there was. There was concerted efforts not to be a good team, and that's fine. I'm fine with that. Let's go get Trevor. Tank for Trevor. That's uh, whatever. You don't want to win like six games. You don't want to be in the middle of the the first five and end up getting the third or fourth quarterback. So I'm cool with it. But yeah, they were they were pretty rough. Except they were a little bit of a squirrely team at times. They do have some decent receivers. I don't think the I don't think this roster is nearly as bad as some other ones as some of these other teams we're going to talk about. Like, I do like Shark. I like uh, the addition of Jones, uh, Mr. Chenault. I don't really know shit about their tight ends. I think they probably need some help there. T-Law better be good. The line could be better. Defense was rough. I think the defense, I guess I have to look at what my rankings would be for them this year, but it was it was a team that had a couple good receivers and didn't have the, anything really going for them as far as defense, didn't really have anything going for them as far as quarterback. And that's how you win one game. So, and it looks like, yeah, my defensive, uh, my defensive rankings aren't great. Like I, I have, this as a very, very bad defense again, which is wild coming off of like what, five years ago, how good this defense was. Uh, our guy, I almost said Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow might come up eventually, but our guy uh, Blake Bortles taking them to the AFC title game. How far this team has fallen? Man, that was a that was a quick fall. That was but, a yeah, I mean, yeah, your your quick your thoughts on twenty twenty. Uh, well, like first of all, that uh, Vikings total closed fifty one and a half. So that is why you get the best of the number. Could have middled um, it. You could have middled it, um, and. Overall, I thought one in fifteen was deceptive in terms of that final win loss compared to what my average power number was for them during the course of the season. Um, I think they were very strategic in tanking for the one seed, and they got that was probably the only sort of organizational decision that I thought was good that the Jaguars have made in the last calendar year. Um, yeah. Otherwise. You know the yeah you know, I I'm f- actually I'm fine with the organizational decision also to move on from the Doug Marone era that was fine to turn the page. Yeah. Um, then things went a little sideways for them. Uh, I don't know yet if I think I, I at least when the Urban Meyer hire came across the wire, my uh, you know my gut was fifty fifty, like this could work out, this might not. I wasn't really bullish about it. I wasn't really like, well, sub- sell some Jags. These guys don't get it, right? And then since then, everything that has happened, all of his quotes, some of his decision-making from a leadership standpoint as you know, kind of the face of this franchise now has moved my, you know, moved the needle for me into like the, 
the 60 40 range like it's probably isn't gonna work would you say that would you agree with that we brought this up on a <clears throat> when we were talking about uh kind of first coach fired in an earlier episode we said like usually rookie head coaches are off the table but what if he just quits you know? yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get to him more and more but yeah I'm, I'm i'm in a weird spot with this team as well i yeah i know you took a bigger number early in the season for them to win the division because i think this division there's some definite variance that could happen and yeah. i know both of us aren't as high on tennessee as the market is but yeah, this team, this team could just be another top five draft pick next year. Yeah, so still, let me talk. Still, you, let me still a let lot me, of pieces. Let me talk you through that decision making. So even though I'm cooled on Urban Meyer being the long term answer, even though I am optimistic that Trevor Lawrence is an NFL caliber player, I think he is going to be a good mm -hmm. NFL quarterback. This is not a hot take. Um, I still, uh, I, I played the uh, played the Jaguars to win the South. And when we knew that Wentz was the guy in Indy, like as soon as that piece puzzle piece was in place, it was like, oh, okay, I don't like Wentz. So I don't think Indy is fairly priced right now. And Art Smith leaves Tennessee to go to Atlanta. Oh, I don't like the offensive scheme now for the Titans. I think their price is not fair. Uh, and then the Watson saga unfolds, the Cully hiring unfolds. And I'm like, oh, Houston might lose 17 games. I don't like them. I don't think their price is fair anymore. And so it was kind of by process of elimination that it was like, well, if I think three out of the four teams in this division are overpriced by the market, then the, th the fourth of those teams might be value. What's their price to win the South? And at the time, the Jaguars were 11 to one. I was like, man, like they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. People are going to get excited about that. They have a bunch of other draft picks. If they hit on any of those guys, this might be a frisky team. Um, so I'll bet this 11 to one I saw, and I've seen it move March all the way into like seven to one. So let's check the current odds on the Jacksonville Jaguars. What the heck <laughs> at yeah. win bet right now, you can bet the Jaguars to win the AFC South at 12 to one. Um, so I would say that is a plus EV bet still, uh, especially considering that some of the market makers have moved into the seven to one range. Um, even in the face of my cooling temperature on the urban Meyer regime, uh, Andy, what is your feeling about the rest of these odds for the Jacksonville Jaguars? And do you want to, do you want to kind of go through the, the whole rundown here for the people who are listening to the podcast? Yeah. Super bowl, hundred to one AFC 40 to one. I mean, I'm just listing things I won't be betting. AFC South, 12 to 1. And yes, shop around. If there's a 12 to 1 and you bet a 7 to 1, you got 5% worse of a price. Terrible. Um, Terrible. Is, you should never, never be doing that. Yeah, I mean, that, this, this is, is 101. And it's funny, like, the, diff the difference in implied probability is the difference from minus 110 to, like, what, minus 15? Or probably about minus no, 17. More, no, 17. Way more. Way, 17. Way, way, way more. No, yeah. no, no, five, five. Yeah, I'm doing five percent. So, what is what does one twenty get us? One twenty is one uh, divided by one point. Yeah, you, you're trying to get you're trying to get out to like f almost fifty eight. I'm, I'm trying uh, to get which to is like, about one one twenty five. Yeah, minus one ten versus minus one twenty five ish. One ten to one twenty five. So just you know, if you want to equate it to that, if you're always betting minus one twenty five lines, you'd have a bad time. So do shop around five and five percent difference in a in a market like this is pretty big. So find yourself a uh, yeah, I meant to say 125, I 
think we'll, we'll we'll say that we'll go with that so my math my brain isn't feeling so bad but yeah 12 to 1 probably halfway bettable it depends how you feel about the titans and really how you feel about wins we've kind of elaborated on that already to make the playoffs yes or no hmm afc yeah. that's awful tough it's awful tough to get in a wild card if you're going to be a team in flux like this and you can look like the regular season win total is juice to the under under six and a half yeah just don't don't really see this team being a a sneaky team that sneaks into the playoffs so like if you had to bet anything on there it's probably an alt win under or alt win over or the afc south yeah yeah i'm probably taking an alt win over if i'm taking anything um because I think you probably get seven and a half at uh, like three to one ish. Um, and then eight wins, you're probably not making the playoffs in a very competitive AFC. You might not be winning the AFC South, but you could potentially cash that all over. So I think that would be the way to attack the win total market. And again, um, a lot of it boils down to a, somewhat of an easy schedule. Some you know the easy the I guess is it fair to say the easiest division in the AFC by uh, by margin is the AFC South. Yeah, probably. Definitely can't make a case for the West. You get the to play North the Texans twice. Three playoff teams last yeah. year, and you get to play the Texans twice, and you don't have a monster at the top of your division like the um, like the Chiefs or the Ravens or the Browns or the Bills. So it's that's a pretty good deal. That's a really good deal, actually, if you ask me. Yeah, I don't hate that. Um, so it's, yeah. Looking at their schedule, though, how are we going to get to these wins? How many wins? Let, let's say, <laughs> all right, I'm going to stop. Stop. And we have the schedule pulled up here. We're going to look at it. But we're going to stop quick and go back to that point. If Tennessee flounders under poor offensive coordinating and some yes. other issues that might regress to the mean, we'll get to them in our next episode, if the wins experience doesn't work out again, and we don't think it will, how many wins does Jacksonville need to win this division? I think they need nine. That's probably fair. Nine and eight you, wins this division if if the two things that you just laid out come to fruition. Ten games on the schedule where they are either a favorite or less than a, a field goal or less dog. So, so they need them all. Ten, ten <laughs> or, coin except flips. for one. Yeah, 10 coin flips. San Francisco, only a four-point dog. You know, we've yet to see what happens there. Um, a couple of these, again, Indy, big dog at Indy. But if the wins experience is really poor, maybe that's more of a coin flip than a plus seven and a half. But, yeah, you really – I think you'll know right away if this is happening or not because they need to rip through this early part of the season. Yeah, the you'll know by six. the buy. They need to be, buy. what, four and two is the absolute worst you can be and still win this division? Yes. If they're not four and two at the bye, then pull the ripcord. Kiss it goodbye. Yes. And if and they even are then, four... Even and, in and that, it's like, oh, shit, Tennessee's really good. Like, hey, and the, anyway. let's, talk about the flip, let's talk about the flip side of that. If they are four and two or five and one at the bye, who, what should you be doing with your 12 to one Jags to win the AFC South ticket? You should be looking for other opportunities in that division to yeah, buy Tennessee. low, right? I'd be buying some Tennessee. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if they beat Tennessee too? Like, that, of course, no, no. That's the then, that's then the you're perfect buying setup. Tennessee that's hard. the perfect setup. That's the perfect setup. And 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 it's and it's 
that is the spot that makes or breaks this bet because that is week five. Tennessee is on a second of back-to-back roadies and the Jags have an extra four days to prepare because they are coming off of Thursday night football. So presumably that is a more competitive game than the, than the market would expect. You may get the Jags as like a three point dog by the time you get there, just depending on what happens with both of these teams. Um, but if they can win that game week five, they head to London, presumably with three or four wins uh, and a chance to go into their buy at five and one or four and two, at which point, yes, you are definitely shopping Tennessee. Let's talk about the um, the best laid plans though. Yeah. This because, is also, it, yeah. Er, because, and we'll, let's, let's get to what let's, let's play devil's advocate here and what can go wrong. Cause I think we've talked about what can go right. Like what can go right quick is that urban's okay. The quarterback is instantly impact the receiver's, uh, take like him to a duck to water. There's a good rapport there. They're good receivers. The offensive line plays a little better. And the defense is what's the defensive ceiling here? Like 20th. Uh, let's look what their power number is right now for defense. It's got to be dang low. It's 26 um, for me, 26, 27. Yeah. I have them as the 28th best defense. I'm I'm now. optimistic apparently. <laughs> yeah, so like their ceiling maybe if if some things happen can only go, go up. It can only well, it could go down too, I guess. But <laughs> if you know, if this defense can get their shit together a little, that's gonna be a big part of it. They did draft a second round corner, they drafted a safety, they picked up a corner. Yeah, Shaq Griffin got picked up. They picked up uh they actually picked up some defensive players as well. So maybe, but again, it's not, I don't think we see some rapid turnaround and all of a sudden it's an above average defense. So the defense has to be serviceable below average and this offense has to work. But the the real is like this team goes through that first six and the first six of you not watching it's at Houston, which we talked about with Houston, Denver, Arizona, both at home. Some teams were a little lower on at Cincy, who's still, a little bit of a mess and then Tennessee and Miami coming to town better teams, but they are at home. So you get four of the first six at home and then a buy. If things go wrong, we get to that buy and they're like two and four. What happened? Is it more on urban? Do you think it's more likely that it's just the transition from college to pro for Trevor? Is it just not a good team? It's because the offensive line has failed. That's the that's the that's the Achilles heel that I have my eye on with these guys. We just brought Cincinnati up. I think that's probably a good yeah. comp for that. Like it's an extremely it's that, an extremely fair comp. Like a guy, like yeah, a little a too like a little too like spooky. Spooky. Yeah, let, yeah. We don't want an injury. I don't want to see the full comp, but <clears throat> the comp would be that I think Joe Burrow was very good last year. I think he really was fine under pressure. I think he stepped up and you know, brought himself into the league and played as well as he could for somebody that young. And you see a lot of rookie quarterbacks that don't compose themselves that well. He just had such a horrible offensive line that it was never going to be a good result. And obviously you got the worst result possible, but if, yeah, if Trevor, even if Trevor's great, if this offensive line's garbage, you're going to see, you know, Cincinnati 2020 2.0, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where it goes wrong if it goes wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. Because I, because like, because kind of just like Cincinnati, like they made some, they they invested a lot in their defense last year's draft. 
They invested a lot in their defense this year's free agency. Um, they, on top of drafting a couple of guys that may make an impact this year defensively, they got the first. They got the first safety in the draft in Tyson they Campbell. The first running back, second running back, <laughs> second running back in Travis Etienne, uh, which was a very controversial decision. Very, very, very did not love that. Um, but they went out and they got some decent free agents. So Malcolm Brown, he's a fine guy to have kind of in the interior there to anchor you to help your run stop. Uh, and yeah, Shaq Griffin, they paid him a bunch of money, but now you can put him opposite Henderson, uh, and you can have, you know, you have Herndon and, uh, and your young kid, uh, Tyson Campbell to, uh, potentially cover slot, play some nickel, play some dime. So the defense shouldn't, sh- the, uh, the defense to me at, you know, market wide ranked at 28th is as low as I think they can probably be. I think if anything on the defensive side gels, if they have some turnover luck, this is going to be a defense that vaults up into the middle class of the NFL pretty quickly. The offense, I would say the opposite. The offensive expectations are reasonably high considering, um, you know, the moving parts here. Uh, the rookie quarterback is, you know, you, you could get something as good as Justin Herbert. You could get something, um, you know, as as suspect as, uh, you know, Sam Darnold a couple of years ago. Like this could be, you know, e- either way. And I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but the offensive line has a ton to do with this. I will say that I think of Trevor Lawrence as more of an athlete and as a better NFL body and potential to kind of make plays with his legs more so than Joe Burrow personally. Um, so I have higher hopes that he makes it through a 17-game schedule with an offensive line that has question marks. Focusing specifically on this offensive line, they um, franchise-tagged Cam Robinson. Oof. He might be bottom five tackle, left tackle in this league, and they had to franchise-tag him. Uh, any other question marks for you? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, it's, the whole thing kind of is a question mark if we're talking just line. But uh, this, I'm not. I'm not hopeful. Um, you, yeah, good left guard. Is that what we're going with? I'd like to look at some of these tight ends, I guess, a little too. See what we can do. I think a smart coach, and I don't know if Urban's a smart coach. Smart coach is going to help a bad line with tight ends and running backs, and maybe not try to get his young guy killed. And hopefully, that's the plan because it's it's. Even like what best case scenario, where would you rate this offensive line? Like if, if it reached its highest potential this year, is it middle of the pack? Probably not. Like it's it's similar to the defense where if this is a, you know, if this is a good offensive line relative to their skill level, relative to their range, it's still below average. So I guess, yeah, we're, we're really going to be relying on urban to do stuff. And like you said earlier, and we didn't even get to, you know, the, what was it, Chris Doyle thing yet? We haven't talked at all about the, the Tim Tebow thing. Which the Tim Tebow thing might work out. He's just a fucking athlete. But Chris Doyle, yeah, I'm, I'm not hopeful either. But the, the, the Urban thing is the biggest thing. Like, he's the leader. He's coming in as a new coach. Never coached the pros. It's been a couple years off retirement now. He was great. But I think he's probably going to bring, you know, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. He liked to run the ball. He's probably going to continue to like to run the ball, which people might say, oh, that's good for a rookie quarterback. Maybe not for developing him. They made a weird draft pick in Eddie N. It's, uh, I'm trying to find the stat I had on our guy down there. It was like a really good year. Yeah, James Robinson, most scrimmage yards ever for an undrafted rookie. 
and they go ahead and, well, we better get another running back in here. A couple of them, actually. It's absolutely brutal decision-making. The, the, the decision-making between Doyle, between Tebow, between drafting, like, you'd be like, oh, you got Trevor. Well, that wasn't a decision. That's like being, uh, it's like Cal getting Mancini in the home run draft. Like, he was there. <laughs> you had to pick him. Like, you're not going to not pick Trevor Lawrence first. So the, the decision-making from Urban doesn't make me hopeful for anything this year. Like, that that's that's the crux. I don't think Trevor Lawrence's range, I don't think the, the bust factor is always there. But I don't think it's a high enough percentage where I'm terribly worried. Like the main concern for me, outside of obviously the offensive line and defense, is like Urban Meyer just sucking at this, going full Petrino, going full Saban, going full. I mean, there's been a bunch of college coaches that have come up like, oh, this isn't working. Going full Cliff Kingsbury. Sorry, Cliff. Is is run pass split on early downs going to be your key indicator for evaluating Urban's offense? I think that's a good point. A lot of these teams with new coaches, and not only that, but let's talk Tennessee uh, on Wednesday, new offensive coordinators, not just new coaches. Start looking at some of these teams with new offensive coordinators and see what their their tendencies are going to be on some of these first downs. If they're calling really shitty plays, if we're calling a lot of runs on first downs, if we're calling runs on second and long, if their success rate just drops off the face of the earth from like an Art Smith to the new play caller in Tennessee, like there's some pretty quick indicators that they're bet against teams or maybe not bet on teams anymore. So that's uh that's I think that's something really to watch for because we really, really don't know what we're gonna get with some Cully Cully too. Like what we don't know what we're gonna get from that team at all. We don't have a, a playbook on any of these guys. So Urban Meyer well, we, we can have, we, we got well, a little we got a little something. Uh Urban Meyer brought in offensive coordinator who you know whose name you would oh, know. Oh fucking yeah, Bevel. Yeah, Darryl I think we, Bevel. If we get, if we get Bevel ball. Uh, so I guess yeah, that so basically do you think Urban designates offensive responsibilities to bevel and we can get a somewhat you know we can go back to the the mid 20 uh mid 20 teens uh seattle teams take a little take a little from that um you know in terms of what to expect of an offense here i guess like the same thing probably goes with coordinators and coaches maybe we learned our lesson with uh mike mccarthy like when he said, oh, maybe he can change. He said he's going to change. No one changes. So maybe we do kind of have the book on Bevel. I'm not sure how big of a hand each of them will have in the offense. And obviously it's it changes when you have a bad offensive line. Like that, um, I'd say obviously a rookie quarterback too, but having a young quarterback, having a bad offensive line, having probably what he views as a couple of really good running backs is going to change the sequencing, the play calling and things like that. So. Yeah, something to keep an eye on. I don't have a lot of faith in Bevel making it one of those teams. I don't think uh, Russell Wilson's walking through that door. Sean Alexander might be. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Yeah, Bevel's most recent stop, obviously, he was the uh, offensive coordinator in Detroit, took over for Matt Patricia when he was relieved of duties. Um, Never really kind of, never really had a, a full enough 
chance, I don't think, to install much of an offense in Detroit. His first season there was the one where Stafford got hurt, and second season was uh, a loss from the get-go. Um, so it's tough for me to really tell you that Daryl Bevel is going to fail at this. Um, but it's – yeah, I, I, I'm – I am evenly split here again, kind of 50-50 on that aspect of this coaching staff. Uh, and there, But there are enough weapons around here. They bring in Marvin Jones, obviously familiar with the Daryl Bevel system. They have DJ Chark, who I have high respect for uh, as a wide receiver. Uh, Chenault Jr. is a nasty player. Uh, James Robinson, as you mentioned, is a nasty, nasty player, especially in the passing game. Travis Etienne, they may deploy him. Uh, in the passing game as well. So th- there are certainly signs and there's a pulse here for this offense to uh, to get into the middle tier, middle class of the NFL if they have competent offensive line play, if they can keep Trevor Lawrence healthy. Um, I guess moving on to Trevor. Projecting um, his success in the NFL over the next four over his five-year rookie deal. Um, he makes the playoffs over under one and a half times. Under. Really? I can see one. It's going to take a bit. Well, AFC South's a mess, man. I know, but you got to look at the full landscape. Like, the AFC's tough. Tennessee, like, AFC's we're going to South. Die. Okay, so, okay. I know, I know. We're gonna dog over, over, uh, over, under one AFC South title on his rookie deal. One, like that's how exactly they're getting one. in. Like I think, I think maybe four or five years from now they win the they win a division title. And also, in uh, you know, it's really hard to predict these things out because I like the management group in Indy outside of what's happened with Wentz. Like Indy could be a turnaround team. Like Indy could just okay, jettison Wentz get a free agent or a young quarterback in and all of a sudden like Indy is a truck for five years. Like, right. I'm, is I'm, it? I, I think a one, one is a fair guess and it's tough, but as far as young quarterbacks go, like there's worse situations. Like he does at least have some good receivers and some good backs receiving and an backs. easy division. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not yet. Yeah, there's a lot where, yeah. Getting to play Houston twice. Like there are worse things that can happen. Like and and maybe <clears throat> maybe that'll be the way he acclimates himself so easily. Yeah, um, playing uh, okay. playing in a division that's all your opponents are kind of shitty. Who's an ACC quarterback? Uh, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's got like you just get to put BC on the schedule every every year. So so here's here's my here's where I was going with that. What are the chances that we are living through the Andrew Luck regime part two? But that this is literally like guy is a can't miss prospect. He's in a division that is winnable. He is uh, he has a management team that is somewhat questionable around him. That uh, an offensive line that's going to make him <laughs> that's going to make leave him on the run. A defense that may never be that great. Um, and yet, because of his play and his play, you know, his standout play, he takes them to a couple of division titles early in his career. I mean, this this feels like. I feel like I've seen this before. Yeah, maybe they put up uh, down there in Duval. They put up one of those AFC um, championship participant fucking banners. I could see that. No, it, it does. It does feel like um, maybe when they win, like I said, they could win a division in four, you know, three, four, five years. Maybe when they do that, 
it's with a different coach. I can see that. Like, I, it's hard to say, oh, this guy's no, he can't miss. Like, there's always a bust factor. Like, there's always, but I think he's good enough. And man, I don't like the Andrew Luck comps. He'd look weird with a neck beard. But yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, I think he's enough percentage, enough of the times, you know, a, a high percentage of times he'll be a, a hit. Like, he works out. He's a good quarterback in the league. And if it is a weaker division, it's hard to predict a way, you know, a division down the road. Like we'd have never five years ago, I'm not sure we'd have like let's say the Eagles just won the Super Bowl. Dak's down there. Eli's getting older, but whatever. Obviously, Washington's doing what they're doing. I don't think we'd be in like, hey, in three years, this division's gonna be so bad. A team of six wins might win it. Like it's hard to predict a full division down the road. But I think, you know, just Houston can be bad for a few years here. It, you know, Tennessee might come down off their high horse, and it might be a it might be a nice trajectory for the kid. Hmm. So, just for the sake of comps, um, in his on his rookie deal, um, Andrew Luck went to the playoffs three times. He won the division twice, and that was with Coach Chuck Pagano and with GM Ryan Grigson, so with a defense that never finished above league average by my numbers. Do you think he had better weapons, though? Uh, maybe it's probably pretty close. Uh, he had better weapons, but these are weapons that could evolve into that. Like, these are three good receivers that could be better. Maybe not Marvin Jones. I think Marvin Jones is maybe – Probably want to say on the team. downside. He's on the downside, yeah. yeah. He's he's good, though. He's already good. So, yeah, I think I think the, the pros for him are definitely good weapons around him, easy division. He might just be – have that it factor. He might just be good and – again, he has an offensive line that might have him in a cast in week two. Andrew Luck took over a 2-14 and 14 team uh, that was their leading passer was Curtis Painter. Um, and he, he did it with uh, his top rusher was, was it? Who's Ballard? Is that Vic Ballard? Was that his name? Ballard. Was the Ballard? Ballard was good. Vic Ballard was his top rusher uh, and his top receivers were Reggie Wayne and T.Y. Hilton. So yeah, that was a pretty solid proof. Dwayne Allen was his tight end his rookie year. Um, his offensive line was bottom 10 in the league that year. Uh, and Andrew Luck as a rookie won how many games, Andy? 11. 11 and 5. Great memory. Did you pull that up or were you looking at it? I was absolutely looking at that. They did not oh, win yeah. that division, but yeah, they made they the playoffs. No, think. they did not win that division. Who did win that division? Uh, our Houston Texans. Uh, Houston, Houston won the division every year back then. It Matt, was, was it Matt Schaub and and uh, and company at the time? Probably. Honestly, I'm gonna look at a box score. They beat him late. Uh, um, I, here here we go. Kobe Fleener caught a, tie, a touchdown in that, and that was oh, those are the Arian Foster years. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, 70 yard pass from Andrew Luck. There we go. That Looks was like Matt that was Schaub. Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub was. They actually had a good game that day. Matt Schaub had a good year that year. He was definitely a pro bowler. Um, yeah, no, that, that was uh that was I mean, I, I think I think the comps between Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence are gonna be one of the main things that people talk about when they talk about Trevor Lawrence and the Jacks this year. That's just the gut gut feeling. What do you think? I think I think we're gonna see too much of the comp that I already made that I hate. That I don't want to hear is the 
the Joe Burrow comp. Like, yeah. here's a guy with all the talent in the world that crushed it in the college, and now he comes up and plays behind five bags of garbage, and he might get hurt. Like, I don't, I don't like that. And I worry about him. So, yeah, I, I get, I, I like your comp. I like where you're going with it, though. Okay. All right. Well, he's so freaking mobile. Trevor Lawrence might like. What's what do you think? Uh, what do you think a fair rushing ca- prop is low, for Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, low key. He didn't really get a lot of you know credit for that, but he was mobile. He was you know like like he and it and it came on throughout his, it came on throughout his college career that he was he got more and more squirrely. Yeah, squirrelier, I believe is the term. Yeah, Excuse no, me. I, I I don't know. It depends. Because I think we've seen the advent of I don't care who you are, there's design quarterback runs because you're not Peyton Manning 2015 or you know wherever whatever his last season was. He's, yeah, he's like, a hey, an athlete. You're an athlete. Quarterbacks nowadays need to be able to run a few design run plays, and we're gonna have some for you. I'm assuming that's probably gonna be a thing. So fair rush total, 400 yards. Yeah, that's high. Okay. I don't know. I, I think games, though. No, 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 hold on, hold on. My point is, I think he probably gets around 400. I bet you you can yeah. find a prop out there that's lower than that, though. I think if I was if I was hitting the prop market on Jags and you wanted me to make uh, a play uh, that my life depended on, I'm probably taking Trevor Lawrence rushing yards over. I think it's going to be too low. If it's already, yeah. if it's even up. The only caveat to that is, I'm going to look for that. The only caveat to that is, again, if he gets hurt, he's not running very far. Uh, yeah, but like that—that that one could die week he's, three. So let's talk about that for a second. So one of the reasons that the Joe Burrow, one of the reasons, the, uh, maybe the key for talking people down from Joe Burrow rookie of the year last year, was potential for injury, and it was born out of a two very key points. The first was offensive line poor. The second was somewhat of a slight frame. More of a college body than an NFL body. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is a bigger dude. 6'6, 220. Um, he's going to have a little bit more physical resilience to the, the game in the NFL, in my opinion. That doesn't mean he can't blow an ACL. That was, it was even the Joe Burrow injury was kind of fluky. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, his his his, his Instincts last year, behind at, at times when the Clemson offensive line kind of came apart at the seams, he was gone. You know, go, and I think that kind of in the back of his head will keep him out of harm's way from a you know from a uh, an injury standpoint this year. And uh, you know, I guess you can move on to lo- the the last topic here, just sort of how they may be the beneficiaries of low expectations, uh, while I track down what a uh, a fair price for uh trevor lawrence rushing yards is yeah i'm not sure we're gonna have that but yeah low expectations those are your friends right now especially if you're urban and you really want to which this is what i don't understand about like urban meyer did they go to him was there was there wind of him like oh urban wants to get back into the game like i wonder how that whole went down because Man, like I did have some, and people joke. I I don't like these jokes because, like, what what if the guy was seriously almost dead or something? Like, that's not it's not a good joke. But he had health issues. Like some people said he faked that or whatever, which I don't know if I buy that fully. So like he was he was in a rough spot there for a bit, and he you know overstressed from the the grind. I'm sure college football is different because you have to do so much recruiting, which it's a little easier at. Uh, 
a university like that that's names lends itself to recruiting, but the pro football grind, that's got to be stressful too. So I really wonder what his end game is. Like, is he excited about starting a long pro coaching career at this point is how old he is. I, I don't understand what he's doing, but if anything, his expectations are super low. He's, he could lose every game, probably not get fired. It's, I think they're, they know where they're at. So, and that's where the pricing is where it's at. And I think that's nice for Trevor too. Like the pressure isn't on like, Hey, you have to save this franchise. Like, yeah, hey, we're still kind of shitty. We're playing a London game for Christ's sakes. Like, you guys just go out there and figure it out. We'll regroup next year. We have, we'll get some nice draft picks. We'll bring in some more free agents. So I'm like, I like a situation like this. I just wish, uh, I wish they'd have drafted maybe a lineman instead of, uh, instead of Etienne. Etienne. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we agree. Um, so as noted, I played the AFC South for the Jags at eleven to one. You can currently get that at Winbet at twelve to one. That is a plus EV play by my numbers. Uh, and I think that I think there is a reasonable likelihood that uh, you have a high equity position come by week. The way their schedule breaks. And at that point you can shop around if you think someone else can steal the division. Um, <clears throat> as far as the Trevor Lawrence rushing yards prop. Where I like the over. Did you find anything? I did. You want to guess what it is? Oh, three twenty-five and a half. Holy shit! How did you guess that? I, I found it too. <laughs> <laughs> I was pulling it up as you were too. I like that. I like that though. That was fine. I shouldn't have said anything. Um, it should have been like three. You should have said like three twenty-four and a half. <laughs> we didn't we didn't look that up before that just kind of came up 400 for me so i was yeah, I'm, higher no, than, I, I'm, I'm higher than the market you're higher than I, the market honestly and, and you know what fair because he could get hurt and you know what looking at that schedule that's another one you could have in your pocket by the time you get to the buy 50 yards a game come on come or on just breaking breaking one or two come on breaking oh, he, oh weird he broke a 60 yard run against the houston defense oh i didn't see that happening <laughs> it wasn't even a designed run oh we should look out for this week at week in week out because i bet you it's gonna if it's 350 if it's 325 for the season and there are 17 expected starts for trevor lawrence what is it going to be week in week out Except that at like 20, 20 yards 20 yards a week 24 God, and a half. Dude, can you imagine if they hung that week one jags texans Trevor Lawrence we, rushing yards, you know, 19 and a half. We didn't give out a ton of bets on this one that we like preseason, but maybe we have a week one prop bet already. We're going T-Law we over rushing yards week one. 19 and a half bets. rushing yards over 19 and a half rushing yards for Trevor Lawrence week one. It'll be 21 and a half. I'm going to my, my 21 and a half minus 120 to the over. Put it in the we'll bank. head fake it and we'll play it under at the market makers and then we'll just go to the PPA. <laughs> so we can head fake it with a hundred bucks. <laughs> it's hard to give money on these. So. But yeah, I I don't hate the over for the season. I'd rather do game by game because yeah, okay. the, the risk of injury is much less in one game than it is over a course yeah. of 17. So Also the Jaguars? circa alt over, the circa alt over seven and a half. You want to guess what that price was? I thought it was going to be better. 275? Plus 190. Oh, really? Christ, I really yeah. thought it was better. I thought it was. Oh, they were six and a half. That's only one game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking two games. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think you're better off just swinging for that 12 to one. 
for the FC South, and then uh, we'll come back and hit some of the other. Who will hit Indy? Hit Tennessee? Whoever you know, because Indy starts out their season uh, somewhat hard, I believe. Well, well, you know what? You know what? Let's put a pin in this. We'll re- revisit it Wednesday when we cover the remainder of the AFC South.